Yo, Todd, before we dive in, man, 1995, first round, 23 selected, excuse me, 23rd selected. Mm -hmm. Those numbers mean a lot to you, don't they? Oh, yes, they do. I mean, when you, you know, take it full circle and you look at your career and, uh, of course, you wanted to go in on the first couple of times, but, you know, it's like, hey, my number is 323. You know what I mean? And I uh, got drafted 23rd, you know, overall when I at 95. So it, it, it was like it, it meant something. It was a little bit more special, you know, you know, for that. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm thankful to be a, a part of this uh, exclusive fraternity and 323. Hey, I like it. I love it. I love it. 23 means a lot. Even I ain't Michael Jordan. No shit like that. But it means a lot. <laughs> when you retire, you may get a chance to go to football heaven. This is football heaven. Hey, guys, man. Our guest is not only a member of the Patriots 2014 Hall of Fame class, he's a member of the 2019 Pro Football Hall of Fame class. And check this out. During his 10 years with the Patriots, New England won four AFC championship games and three Super Bowls and two of those were back-to-back -back, Super Bowl 38 and Super Bowl 39 my man T-Law is in the building Ty welcome to the mission sir oh appreciate it appreciate it thank you for having me oh Ty before we dive in man and talk and go through uh pretty much I want to get your perspective on week seven in the NFL, there's some ball that's being played. So I want to just take a look back at week six. Then I want to talk about some primetime matchups. I want to key in on who you're watching this season. And then finally, I got to put you on the hot seat. I got some fun questions before we okay. get you out of here. So I know okay. your time is valuable. So let's dive into it, man. When you look back at week six, what are some of the storylines that caught your attention in the league? I mean, I think the biggest storyline for everyone, including myself as a former player, is this whole roughing the quarterback uh, thing. You know what I mean? Like, it is really pissing me off, to be honest with you. You mean, we they already – look, I know I got on the red jersey now, but they got the red jersey on all the time. You, I know I'm not getting hit. You can't hit me because I got on the red jersey. But what they're doing out there on that field, I think, is taking away from the game. I understand protecting the players, but some of those calls were absolutely uh, ridiculous. You know what I mean? And, like – People going for sacks, people running 100 mile an hour, and it's hard to, you know, did I brace myself or how else do I get them to the ground besides swim to the ground, you know? And as far as the and 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 it's not even being biased to defense because I'm all about protecting the players, but as a defensive back, you know, that I mean that was for the linemen, but even back in the secondary, it's like, like the rule, I probably wouldn't get no check. I swear I wouldn't get no check nowadays because you can't touch the receiver. It's like. What what is the rule that you got to get positioning two feet down? Where mm -hmm. I grew up and how I played in in my era, as soon as you touch the ball, knock the hell out of you. You know, hopefully you don't get hurt, but that's what it was. So when you're moving that fast and with the athletes that they have today, you can't gauge whether they got two feet on and got in possession, or you holding up waiting, you're you're slowing yourself down. You know what I mean? So I think they need to look at the rule book still focus on protecting players, but at the same time, keep the integrity of the game. And Ty, if my, if my mind serves me correctly, there is the Ty Law rule, whereas, mm -hmm. and, 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 and for, for the viewers and listeners that are new to that rule, can you explain that? 
Yeah, they, uh, they, they dubbed it the Thai law rule. It's really a variation of before it was the male blunt rule. So me and male, we talk about that all the time. So that's, you know, a good problem to have. You know, I look at it as a compliment, but uh, it was one of those things where we were roughhousing the uh, Indianapolis Colts. You know what I mean? We said, you know, we're not going to sit there and try to run with you. We're going to fight with you. The same thing that we did uh, when we uh, won our first Super Bowl with the Rams. You know, we're not trying to get into a foot race with the track meet guys. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, and it was the same situation, you know, with Indianapolis. So, you know, I was trying to take advantage of uh, me being a more physical, stronger guy and not play at a disadvantage by trying to be in a foot race with a guy like Marvin Harrison. So that's how it all started. And it was like, you know, beat him up within the uh, rules of the game, uh, within those uh, first five yards. And I think allegedly they say you took it to six or seven, you know, whatever. And they call it the Tyler rule because it was the Indianapolis Colts and, um, and their ownership and their GM, mm. who's now <laughs> a, a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They were the ones really focusing on that. And they were using, from what I hear, they was using me as an example throughout that game and just the way I played, but that was the way I was taught. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If I, I always felt that I was more physical than any receiver and that would work to my advantage. And I think that's why, you know, I'm a member of the pro football hall of fame. You know what I mean? If I was, you know, I'm not Deion Sanders or guys that have four, one speed, you know what I mean? But I feel like I had four, one strength and four, one attitude. And that's what I played with. Well, there it is. The Hall of Famer NFL player watch list. Let's dive into this. This is one of our segments and is brought to you by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Book your trip today to Canton, Ohio by visiting profootballhof.com for all your ticket information. Ty, let's talk about some of the defensive players, offensive players, period, that you're watching this season. Because as you know, we have the Pro Football Hall of Fame Today Gallery right here in Canton, Ohio, where we celebrate the excellence of these young men that are making an impact in today's game. And mm -hmm. just taking a step back, who are some of those players that you're watching this season? I mean, I think because I enjoy the way he plays so much, how dominant he is, and I know it's cliche because I think everyone will say it, but – I'm always watching to see what Aaron Donald is going to do next. I mean, because he can have one of those games where he's double, triple teams, but he always seems to come in and make the play when, when it's needed. And just to have that many people pay attention to you and you still make an impact of the game, at, at this point in his career, I think he's eight, nine years in, and he's still as uh, as dominant as anyone. I love watching uh, Aaron Donald. But as far as, uh, you know, and I like to see how the veterans, because, you know, it's easy to uh, – Think about, hey, first two, three, four years in the league, you know, I got a little swag on and I'm doing well, got the big contract. So now I, I like to see the older guys. What are they going to do and how are they going to contribute to their team? Guys like who can is like could be a potential Hall of Famer, like a Stephon Gilmore. OK, OK, you had your defensive player of the year, you had your run. OK, keep it going. Keep playing well. You know what I mean? Because, you know, that's his dream. You know, just talking to him, you know, personally is mm. the one day. Uh, get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame to get him a gold jacket. So you have to be able to adjust your game. You can't rely just on your athleticism because injuries and things like that has happened throughout. Okay, how could I be the best? What am I going to do to change my game to keep playing so I'm worthy of such an honor? So I'm looking at guys like that, the Jalen Ramseys. Okay, you know, you had your uh, you, you had your time. You, you're the number one cornerback out there. Can you sustain that level of play now when the expectations or on you to succeed before there wasn't that, that it's not that many expectations. It's really not that type of pressure, but when you are considered the man, 
when you are getting the big dollars, okay, people are expecting, you know, certain things from you. Can you live up to those expectations? So I love to look at, you know, veterans who ha who have had some success and can they continue to have success? Well, there it is, Ty Law's NFL player watch list. Okay, Ty, it's week seven. Let's talk about some primetime matchup. Sunday night's primetime matchup uh, takes us to Miami where the Steelers travel south to face the Dolphins. What are your thoughts there? I mean, I think the Steelers, un unfortunately, uh, especially in Mike Tomlin's tenure, he's never had a losing record. And I think that's uh, commendable. And I think he's a great coach and someone that you look at as a player is like, man, I, I can play for him. I mean, I love me some Mike Tomlin, but I think they're really uh, trying to find themselves. I mean, you realize the impact defensively of a guy like uh, uh, T.J. Watt, who's not there. And like just his impact changes the whole dynamic of the team. You know what I mean? So that just shows his importance and he's worth every penny. But I think they are really in a, in a rebuilding stage now trying to find themselves. Uh, Miami, unfortunately, uh, with the uh, concussion issue, which is something else that is uh, alarming. You know, even though I, I, I made my comment then, the concussion thing, mm -hmm. this is a whole nother subject. Because, you know, as a player, we want to go back out in fear and it's their job to protect us from ourselves. So, you know, with that being said, but um, I think it's going to be a good game because, you know, there's two teams that's really trying to figure it out. Miami, at first, they started off hot. You know, they were you figured out. But now you have a quarterback situation, and I don't know how much him being injured out there on the field and the whole concussion thing affected the locker room, but something happened uh, when Tua went down. So, I mean, I think this game is up for grabs. Anybody can – I can't look at any one of these teams and say you're going to go in there and win that football game. Mm, okay. Monday night, the Bears travel to New, to New England to face your Patriots. What are your right. thoughts on that game? Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. The Patriots are going to step up uh, big time. You see how they've been playing with Bailey Zappi. I'm like, you know, everybody's talking quarterback contrast. I was like, no, nah, Mac is still the guy. But the way this guy's playing, you know, Bill did it before. <laughs> he done it before. We all know about that, you know, the rest of history. But I, I, I love where they're playing as a team because I don't think that you can look at anybody on the Patriots team and say, okay, he's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. You know, they they haven't established themselves yet as far as um you know people's expectations mm. but from a team standpoint and that's the way we were we weren't we, it wasn't a lot of big names until we earned it till we start winning football games you know what i mean and i think they are the same type of team right now they're they're winning by committee you just can't count on a quarterback you just can't count on this receiver you just can't count on this db taking this guy out of the game you know what i mean they're not there yet but the way they're playing ball and the way they're playing together, bending but not breaking, you know, is, is something to be said about, you know, what they're doing. Their whole offensive coordinator. Who is it? Which one? Do Are they going by series? Are they going by quarter? You know what I mean? No one knows right. what's going on, but the results, you know, are great. And they're winning football games without their starting quarterback. And I think, you know, they will beat the Bears, especially because Richard Seymour is getting his uh, – Hall of Fame, Ring of Honor, you know, that evening, you know, and I and I wish I could be there. But I, of course, through the Hall of Fame, I'll be hosting, you know, in New York City for the Hall of Fame and uh, watching that game closely. And just so happy for the Patriots and more happy for Richard Seymour to finally be able to get his uh, ring, ring of excellence. 
What do you think is that going to mean to him and his family? Because you did the honors of going through the process of knocking on the door and welcoming him into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm like, I'm about to get the knock, but I'm doing the knocking this time. Hey, I'm, I'm excited. Watch this, guys. Let's go. Season leads. Holla at your boy. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know why I'm here. Oh, hey. I don't even know how to feel. Like, I really don't. I'm not. It's, <laughs> it's really overwhelming. Hey. You know, Ty, you know, Michigan, he represents, you know, the Wolverines. But uh, he was kind of salty about that. He kind of stepped on his flag, being real disrespectful. But then Ty had to kind of double back. And you notice he got that cigar in his mouth. He doubled back. He showed and proved and paid homage to the Georgia Bulldogs because now Richard's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's going to be so much because, I mean, Richard was one of those guys from day one. That's what he wanted. You know what I mean? Throughout his career, he, he's been dominant. You know, he had to wait. So I think, you know, uh, for those who, of us who had to wait a little while, you know, it's, it's a, a greater, you know, appreciation, you know, of it. You know what I mean? Some guys, you know, which is awesome, you know, they, they know. I know they're knocking on my door. Certain guys that you just know. But then when you get, you know, guys that, uh, you know, had to wait, you know, deservingly so. And because everyone at that time, every finalist has a story that says they should be in the Hall of Fame or they wouldn't be a finalist. But it's still a process. And, and you know, once you get in, you know, it's like it's, it's, it's overwhelming. So I know what it means, you know, to Richard as as my friend, my brother. You know what he represents. Uh, you know to the NFL, to every organization that he's played for, and his family, because he's a family man. So I know they're all going to be proud. The brotherhood is so strong. You know, when I think of the New England Patriots, as I said before, four AFC Championship games, three Super Bowls, two of those boys back to back. And when you see the brotherhood, it reminds me of the Buffalo Bills. And you guys just most recently had a reunion at Mr. Kraft's uh, um, wedding celebration. What was that reunion like when all you guys get back together, Ty? I mean, it's it's always fun. And then, you know, especially it was a, a surprise to us because we had no idea that it was a wedding. You know what I mean? It was just, it was one of those things where they send it out. You know, uh, Mr. Kraft wanted, uh, you know, select guys to come, you know, and for a Patriot event. So I'm like, OK, Mr. Kraft, call. Hey, we, we go. You available, you go. You know what I mean? That's just the way it is. And just to see everybody. And then to get that type of news, to see the joy on Mr. Crab's face and how happy he was uh, with his lovely wife, uh, Dana, you know, who I had the pleasure of going to Israel uh, uh, with them. And she's wonderful. But Mr. Kraft is so happy, you know, right now that you can, uh, you know, it, I was so honored to be invited and happy to be there. And then to get to see Tom and Drew and Wolford and Vince and we all, Troy Brown, Randy, we all got together and had a good time, you know, taking shots. I wish I had my vodka out at, at the time because we, we, I would have definitely uh, uh, took care of that, took care of that vodka issue, but uh, it was awesome, man. It was, a, it was a big family reunion for a great occasion. That picture looked amazing. You know, I see you there. I see Richard there in the back. You see Tom and Drew. That was a moment. That was really a moment. Oh, man. Absolutely.
You know, I want to really take a step back because week six, uh, the Browns Patriots, and I really, you know, working in the NFL and being blessed to work for two teams, you you hear the stories and you you hear the information from the guys within the locker room. But Belichick truly has really mastered the art of preparation, game planning, and he is not going to let your number one option win the game for you if you could take us inside the week of preparing for a matchup from that defensive perspective because as you mentioned offensively they're finding their way but they're winning games but defensively I don't care man you guys have always been and will always will be disciplined well yeah absolutely and if you if you're not disciplined if you're not smart and can't make the adjustments you know you won't find yourself on the field you won't be getting much time so, uh, you know, and, and that's a pretty clear understanding from day one, once you come in uh, to that locker room or be a part of that defense, uh, because it's, it's a pride thing as well. But um, Coach Belichick, I've always said he's the master, the greatest of all time, not only is the coach uh, overall, but the X's and O's of the game. And, you know, anyone that we're playing who you have a standout person, he's like, like he is not going to beat us. If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose from someone else not the guy that you expect me to lose from. And I don't know why more coaches don't take that same approach. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's amazing. And I know everyone on there gets paid, but you know, uh, for an example, we're, we're playing, uh, we're playing uh, uh, St. Louis in the Super Bowl. We know they have so much talent across the board, so many hall of famers across the board, but the key was Marshall Falk. We got to handle him. If we're going to lose, we're not going to lose to Marshall Falk. And mm -hmm. if you look at the uh, uh, film, you've seen somebody was on Marshall at all times. Somebody's going to hit him whether he has the ball or he doesn't have the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? And wow. that's just what it was. And whoever had to play that guy in practice, it was always three or four guys that had the 28 on. In that case, till we point out who that person is. And guess what? Oh, he getting hit. Oh, he's wow. in the he's in the he's in the he's in the cold tub after every practice. All three of them. Whoever was playing that man, because it was our job to find, seek, hit him within the confines of the defense, but make sure somebody puts a hat on him at all times. So he was getting hit, you know, when he's not running the ball, and that takes a toll on someone. Wow, Ty. You know, there are 129 modern era nominees for the class of 2023. So the process is going, and 19 of those are defensive backs. And I can't read the whole list, but there are three guys that really stick out to me. Rondé Barber, Rodney Harrison, and Darrell Revis. What have those men meant to the game of football? I mean, first of all, I, I want to say, not because he's my teammate, but I played with a lot of guys. Rodney Harrison, he's he should have already been in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, in my opinion. You know what I mean? I mean, he was one of those type of players. You hated to play against him, but you loved to play with him. He's going to get down and dirty. And, and if, it's, if it's anybody uh, that I played with, that I'm going to go down a rabbit hole with, and I got a chance to get out, Rodney Harris is one of those guys. You know what I mean? And I, I think that we should look at it from a standpoint of where you're at and what you've done in this league. You know, Rodney Harrison, not only was he a Super Bowl champion, but he was an a animal over there in San Diego. Everyone knew that. It wasn't just, uh, you know, God rest his soul, our, our brother Junior Seau. Rodney Harrison was the other cornerstone, you know, for a long time in San Diego. And if it was, if it's only two guys in the history, in the history of the game, mm. who has 30 sacks and 30 interceptions, 
One is the great Ray Lewis and gets praised for it a lot. And it always mentioned when it talked about Ray Lewis uh, amongst so many other things. But Rodney Harrison is the only other person. He's number, he, he's, and guess what? Rodney did it first. Ray did it after Rodney Harrison. So I think if you look at his body of work, his career, he checks all the boxes. And I'm telling you uh, from just a player's standpoint, he was, he was, the, he was the real deal. Wow. Real deal. You talk about Rondé Barber. I'm like, you're talking about longevity. You're saying, okay, this guy played in 230-something straight games mm -hmm. without an injury. That's Hall of Fame worthy in itself and to have an impact that he had on all the defenses, his leadership skills and things like that. I think, you know, when they're talking about corners, uh, he probably isn't a person that people – that's the first name that pops to their head because of the way he played. He did a lot of blitzing, um, you know, uh, wasn't considered a pure lockdown guy, but his impact in each and every game and on the field. And if you look at his numbers, you know, uh, almost 30 sacks, you know, 40 plus interceptions. And when you put that all together and say, you know what? Yeah, he what might not have been uh, looked at as a Darrell Revis. But when you look at his longevity and playing 16 years, 232 straight starts along with his stats, you have to say, you know what? That's Hall of Fame. That's Hall of Fame worth, just from the numbers, from a longevity standpoint. And now I go to my little brother, Darrell Revis, yeah. you know, Alicopa boy, you know, proud. You, you're talking about, I've already had certain conversations. And when they say, well, he only had uh, like 29 interceptions. You had this. And try no, 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 no. I, I cut that off real quick because you cannot measure everyone's game totally on statistics. Darrell Rebus is a pure shutdown corner. If you want to measure his statistics, look at the stats who he covered. Mm. Now, if their statistics aren't the same and they're not consistent, which they are, they, I can guarantee you they were not when you played against Darrell. Guess what? Give that credit to him because guess what? The next game, they go off and have another 100, 150-yard game. The games prior to, they probably had 100. 150, 200 yards, whatever the case is. But guess what? When you come to Darrell Revis, you come to Revis Island, all of it shut down. So <laughs> when you're looking at impact of the game, mm -hmm. a hired assassin, somebody that can cut off half the field, there are, I don't know any corner in the game right now. And I'm just being honest. I don't, there's a lot of young corners out there, a lot of young guys can play, but I don't see anybody out there right now. Mm. that can do anything or come even close to what Darrell Rivas was able to do for the defenses that he played on. You know what I mean? And like, you know, right. he don't need no help. It was only a few of us that didn't need help right. at any time. And Darrell was one of the best at what he did. And I think, in my opinion, he is a first ballot type of guy. Wow. Well, without, Tom, without, the, without the glaring stats, that's how much respect he has from a league, from a cornerback's perspective. When we look at, you know, how you play the game, we critique a little different. And I think that you can look at any receiver that he played against. Mm. They will say the same thing. That was the real deal. Wow. From Aliquippa. Let me throw that back in there again. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it is 129 of the modern era. Then it gets cut down to 25 um, in November. And then January uh, 15 actually go uh, to the, mm -hmm. go through the process. I yeah. would hate to have that job. I, that's a tough job. So No, it's, it's a tough job, especially for the guys that's already been held over. Mm -hmm. And it's always a log jam in a position or two. 
and, and things like that. So, I mean, it, it takes a lot. And, and those guys that uh, uh, Hall of Fame voters that have that responsibility, it's tough. It, and a lot of people is not always going to agree with them, but they have to make a decision. They have to analyze everything. And that's why you have so many guys, you know, that make the vote. You know what I mean? And so I just hope that if you get into the room, they say it's like an 80% chance if you ever get in the finals that you will probably get in uh, one day. But hopefully you're, you're here to enjoy it. You know what I mean? I mean, unfortunately, you know, hopefully, because sometimes it takes a long time. And, you know, just to see the joy and, and Drew Pearson, who's been waiting so long, and I noticed something that he wanted. Uh, and I now I grew up as a Cowboy fan. And right. him to finally get his opportunity. And, you know, it was just like he made it the first time going through all those years. And now he is a member, rightfully so, of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And to see the joy on his face, I, everything else was forgotten about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he's living his life now as a Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm happy for him. But, you know, it's just... One of those things that everyone is not going to get in. Every It's going to be a lot of people that are deserving that should be in that probably won't. It's going to be critics out there to say, oh, this guy got in, but he shouldn't have. And it, it's pretty tough. You know what I mean? But I think all the guys that you mentioned right now, right. they should be and they deserve to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, those three guys we just talked about. Well, there it is. Wise words from T-Law. All right, Ty, before we let you go, because I know you're up against it, you got a hard out. Let's put you on the hot seat. This segment is brought to you by the Pro Football Hall of Fame Merchandise Store. When you enter the code MISSION, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, -S you get 25% off when you shop on profootballhof.com. All right, Ty, let's jump into it. These are one-word answers, or it could be answered in three to five seconds, whatever you feel. Mm -hmm. Which defensive unit in today's game would you love to play in and why? Hmm. Wow. I say, yeah, I'm not going to uh, say, say, Patriots. that's my team. I, I'm going to go against the Patriots. And I will say, I would like to play for Mike Tomlin the way they, the, the way they play. Cause if you got guys that's rushing a quarterback, like a guy like TJ, a, a healthy TJ, why I play for a healthy TJ, Watt because, He's getting after the quarterback. I can imagine how many, you know, plays that I could have made or how comfortable I would be with jumping a route when I got a guy like that, you know, uh, coming at him. Uh, I think Dallas Cowboys defense, they they got some guys chasing the quarterback too. So that's what I look at and say, you know what, I would love to play with guys that are just going uh, to get the quarterback because it gives me opportunities to make plays, you know, give you a lot more confidence in jumping routes, seeing things. So uh, those are – people who I would love to play behind. And like I said, I'm from Pittsburgh, didn't grow up a Steeler fan by any means. I grew up a, a Dallas Cowboy fan, but I am a Mike Tomlin fan. You know, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of their tradition, but like I said, I had family for the Cowboys, so I went there. You know, I'm Lloyd, I'm family. <laughs> but the, uh, 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 a blitzing Pittsburgh defense and that Cowboys defense, the way they're playing right now, I thought uh, old 24 had been a good fit. <laughs> <laughs> Toughest road game environment played? Buffalo. And, and not just because of the fans. Like, they got great fans, don't get me wrong, but I don't – I can't remember in all my years playing them twice a year that it was ever a great day in Buffalo to play because it rained, 
snow is cold the fans are crazy they're wild it's, it's all buffalo so that is a pretty hostile environment to play and i think you know when you go uh to you know, to the raiders i mean they're, they're they're die hard too but the sun is shining see see that's see, that's a little difference yeah and you know the raise the black you know the the, the black hole all that. ah sunshine out here it's good it's all right it's gonna be a beautiful day buffalo no gloomy no sunshine, or at least it wasn't sunshine when the Patriots played. You know what I mean? So, you know, that was always a tough environment. And with that being said, are you playing with sleeves or are you playing without sleeves? Oh, I, uh, I, I never played with sleeves. I mean, in my 15-year career, you might catch me with sleeves maybe three times, but it was like a mental thing. You know, I was like, man, we – and I, it was like our team was like that. We ain't wearing no sleeves, especially when the Dolphins come up and play later in the year. And they shivering cold and we out there, you know, bare armed and, you know, just having a good time, man. So I, I, I never wear I never wear sleeves, man. You got you got to you got to show off them little guns. I ain't got no big guns, but, you know, mentally, I thought that I was up in your head because you're out here bundled up and, and I'm not. Nike, Reebok or Adidas. I was a Nike guy. Now, okay. I will. I did. Uh, I will rock some Adidas. Don't get me wrong. You know, they got some comfortable uh, shoes running them, stuff like that. Got some, you know, nice swag to them. But I'm uh, I was always a Nike guy, you know, from uh, high school to college into the pros. I wore my whole year. So, you know, I'm always going to be a uh, lawyer to Nike and, and, and that and that standpoint, especially if I'm going to put them back on. But I do switch it up. Don't get me wrong. I, I like a lot. of I, I like a lot of things when it comes to the shoe game or or, or clothes. Which fast food restaurant has the best French fries and burgers? Mm, that man, you know what? Five guys, man. I I, I got to give five guys, man. And, and it's feeling you might feel, you might get mad at yourself after you eat eat it all. You know, you're gonna feel <laughs> a little bloated, a little heavy, and all that. But damn, it's enjoyable. <laughs> I can tell you, damn, it's enjoyable. And they give you the whole bag of fries. You know, put the fries in and put some on top and get the greasy bag. So that when you eat the burger, that's how you're supposed to eat it. And I think and, and Shake Shack's pretty dope too. But if I had to choose one, it'll be uh it'll be five guys. And lastly, what superhero would you want to be and why? Hmm. I love water and you know, I you know Aquaman was one of my favorite uh, you know, growing up. But it's something about being able to fly, having superhuman strength. Being able to fly as much as I'm on the plane, I, I love taking chances on myself and just fly wherever I need to go because I, I move around a lot. So, you know, I, I have to say uh, Superman because he had it all. You know what I mean? It's like the only thing that can beat him was some kryptonite. And as long as I've been, you know, on this earth 48 years, I, I ain't seen a piece of kryptonite yet. You know what I mean? I ain't, I don't I don't know where they sell it at. I don't know none of that. So <laughs> Superman it is. Hi, <laughs> you, Marshall Falk. Anthony Munoz, Tony Baselli, all y'all, man. Tony, Tony wanted to, 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 you know, shoot laser out of his yeah. eyes. Uh, um, like yourself, um, Marshall wants to fly, and then, and then your man Anthony, he likes wearing the suit and tie, and then transitioning and putting on the, the, yeah. the outfit. <laughs> hey, Superman was cold, man. You think about it, and like I said, now it's it's messed up that like a little piece of kryptonite and mess all that up but like i said we can't find kryptonite. they ain't at the pawn shop we can't find kryptonite you know what i mean ain't nobody gonna go get that so yeah i'm gonna take my chances on superman 
Awesome, awesome. <laughs> well, there it is, man. Ty, we appreciate you so much for giving your, your perspective on week seven matchups, as well as just diving deep into that Patriots history and, and, and learning about that, that rich culture there, man. We thank you so yeah, much for your time. I, I appreciate that. And hey, I got something for you too, Jameer. I, you, know, I, you know I got my vodka coming. You know I'm working yes. on I'm working yes. on waiting for my bottles. These are all the samples right here, y'all. I can't tell the name of who. Let me put the name of that. What's that? Tropical number one. See, tropical number one. Can't see it. But okay. anyway, yeah. Yeah, got yeah. All these samples right here, guys. It's coming. The it's official coming. spirits of the Pro Football Hall of Fame is yeah, coming. A, 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 absolutely. It's a and, 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 and it's safe field. to say enshrinement 2023 will be able oh, to it's, oh we, we there all we'd be ready to rock and roll we'd be ready in a couple months uh we're coming out with our small back batch packaging and then i got the new bottle being made simultaneously so we'll be ready uh for the for the hall of fame man and i'm excited about it man so it's called corvus vodka c-o-r-v-u-s hey we coming that's what it is ty law right, right here on the guys, mission. appreciate it